Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Real quick reminder, you throw down five bucks on an NFL game, you win, you get $200 in free plays. It's that simple. So do it. It's easy. DraftKings Sportsbook app, that is. John Schuster, unfortunately, had a few technical difficulties. A little bummed by that, but Schuster will hopefully be on with us tomorrow during the post game. So you know what? That's called a tease, my friend. But now, you know what? We got Anthony Gimino along with uh, myself, Mike Luke. And Arizona wins 104 to 50. Anthony, first thing I want to preface first thing I want to do is preface this by saying this team's also no good. Um yeah. but Arizona looks this is this is a different style that they're playing. You you can just tell it, it just feels different in these first two games. There's a really good vibe. I mean I know they haven't played anybody. Everybody knows that. Um, but the, there's such a positive vibe around the team. And some of that is they're just able to get up and run. And it's more than just running for the sake of running. Right. It's the ability to turn. It all starts with defense. It's the ability to turn defense into offense. And that's the one thing the pack line defense never did. Right. Because it never created – you know, never not, you know, never is a little strong, but it rarely created live ball turnovers at the top. Right. That led to all the stuff that uh, longtime Arizona basketball fans have came to appreciate under loot. You know, all the, the fast breaks and the runs and the dunks and all that good stuff. And this defense, the way Arizona's playing it, with actually like, on ball pressure, Mike. Well, well that's the thing. It on ball pressure extended. Yeah, yes, they're extended. Sometimes they're even pressing. It's amazing. And yes. so I think that leads to that leads to all the fun stuff on offense. Mm-hmm. And you know, also, you know, my one of my favorite things from the Sean Miller era was watching Kevin Parham grab a defensive rebound and take about four dribbles and beat down the court and make right. something happen. Right. Arizona's got like four of those guys who can do it. Right. So there's sure. a lot of that going on too. Just grabbing a rebound and whoever gets it, um, most likely if it's uh, you know, if the big guy, they're getting it to one of the wings really quick. Any of those guys can lead the break 
and they're all really good passers. The passing in the first two games, I don't care who they're playing with, against, the, the passing has been amazing. And Don McClain, I came over. I came back and watched the second half from the uh, my uh, my humble abode, and I'll say this: that Don McLean, I thought, made an interesting point. He said that he said it's not even so much an outlet pass; it's just a swing ahead pass to get the ball up the court every single time. He said, "Look at how many times Arizona is running the ball, and they're in transition almost immediately off of a miss, off of a turnover." And well, I mean, not just a turnover, but off a miss, even heck, even out of an out of bounds. It's just a totally different vibe, a different way of doing things than, you know, how many times do you see somebody get the ball and then run to Tommy Lloyd and wait for a play for eight seconds? You just don't see it. (laughs) Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no uh, looking over to the sideline, waiting for the coach to do something and then dribbling 20 times up top, waiting for a ball screen. And then next thing you know, there's like five seconds left on the clock. Right. You know, it's just more it's, it really is more of the Ludos and free flowing offense where there's there's concepts and principles, but it's up to the players to understand that and just deliver that in the flow of the offense. All right. So let's start getting some we got a bunch of comments here already. We got Nick Howard right here. He said they're playing free, not afraid of making mistakes. Well, that's the other thing, right? I mean Go ahead. there was one time I think it was first half, Creasa came down. Like on his own, within three seconds, launched a three. He missed. Sean Miller would have lost his lunch over that. Right. And Arizona just kept on playing. And next thing you know, they're Creasa and everybody else is hitting threes. So, right. yeah, I totally agree with that. There's there's none of that, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get uh, I'm gonna get the death stare from the sideline. I'm going to be out of the game. Yeah, so – and then we got Anthony Humbert who just put in there. He said, honestly, they've passed the eye test so far. Next to see what happens when they get punched in the face. And, you know, that's – and sure. that's, an, that's a great point. And it's important for us to preface this by saying these two teams they're playing are not good teams. But Arizona's played a lot of really bad teams over the past seven or eight years, and this just felt different. But the point is well taken. You're going to find out, you know, as our guy Kelvin Efon would like to say, how many dogs are really on this team when that happens there, AG? How many do you think? Oh, I, I think they'll respond well. I really do. Yeah. I, I think that when I look at this roster, I think that Kerr is a guy at po- the point guard spot who he doesn't look like he's going to be intimidated by people. I don't know how good he is, but he doesn't look like he's going to be intimidated. Dalen Terry is much of the same way. Um, Matherin hasn't played up to – well, I think what my expectations were, but again, these are blowout losses or blowout wins. So it's hard to really tell a ton from that. And that is good and bad right there. And, um, I think that's something you got to look at. And Nick Howard makes another good point. Remember the vaunted, yeah. uh, yes. I mean, you, when you would, uh, when, when Arizona under loot would just, the game would be 38, 36, and then you go to take a shower, you go to pick up some food, and you come back, and Arizona's up 23 points. You didn't really see – you haven't seen that in a long time. You've seen that in two games so far already, AG. Yeah, they haven't trailed, have they? They haven't, I mean, no. That's yeah, good. This game, this game was 8 nothing right away. Tabellas had the two fast break stuff. They need a three-pointer, so it's 11-2. I think it was 13-2 at the first media timeout. Arizona got that to 18-2. to and then, you know, sometimes you see those teams that did, they get like a 20-point lead and they just level off. Right. In the second half, they just kept going and going and going, and they started hitting some threes, and 
everybody who came in, you know, they they're fighting for minutes down the road. So they're playing hard and scoring a bunch. And next thing you know, that thing was up by 57, right? Something crazy like that. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of good competition on that team, which I think leads to Sean's question. Yeah. So let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about Sean's AG. It's almost like we've done radio together in the past. (laughs) Um, But uh, Sean makes a great point. He says any indication of the rotation yet. And from my perspective, I look at this and I think that this is a team that is you've got you've got eight guys that you know are going to play. And off the top of my head, that's Kerr, that's Matherin, that's Dalen Terry, that's Azulis Tabellis, that's Christian Coloco, that's Kim Aiken, Justin Kyer, and Pella Larson. Those are eight guys that I think are pretty much cemented in there. Whereas then you've got uh, Umar Ballo, who you know match more matchup specific. I would put it. At, at least at that point right there, Anthony. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think like, you know, we were we were talking earlier today, Mike. This is a really tight eight-and-a-half-man rotation. We've seen mm-hmm. that two games. Right. Uh, I think uh, Balo is, you know, he's the half. And mm-hmm. I think in, in tight games, it gets really good competition. He's probably like a eight-minute-a-game guy. He's right. probably getting like one segment each half just to give mm-hmm. the guys rest. Um, but we've seen that. I think Kyer and Larson will be – it's too early to say. I mean, those guys off the bench are probably interchangeable. Yeah. Arizona's got, like I said, Arizona has wings for days. They can just mm-hmm. – a lot of redundancy there. Right. The, and, but Kyer, with the ability to play low point guard, I think he's real valuable. As, as we mentioned, or I mentioned to you earlier, you know how I adopt one guy a year? Always, every year. One guy is like my guy, and that's Justin Kyrie this year. I just, I don't know why. I love the way he plays. He's done this at a really high level, um, at a at a at his previous school, at a really in a really good conference. So this isn't this isn't all new to him. We know he's a proven commodity, hmm. but I love watching him play defense because he's 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 a he's a dog on defense, Mike. He really is a dog, and you can also tell when you get a transfer that comes in here, a lot of times there's two kinds of transfers. There's the guy that kills it at you know UNC Charlotte. That's no uh, slight to your guy, Dylan Smith. That was but, a little slight to Dylan Smith. Hey, you slighted no, Dylan I, Anthony. I Anthony. did. Well, let's, well, let's talk about that because that relates to rotation and it relates right. to depth. First of all, I'm going to preface one thing on what Anthony said, and then Anthony gets the floor. You did. Aunt, Dylan Smith was one of your guys, and then he was you messaged me though and said, "All right, well, first of all, I felt like defending Dylan Smith last year or the year before, whenever it was, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was playing a role that was too big for him, right. which wasn't his fault." Right. So my my point to you a couple nights ago, I guess after the first game, was that how many minutes would Dylan Smith play on right. this team? And I right. think the answer is. Less than one, you know, it's kind of like zero. I don't think he'd be right. in this rotation, right? But sure. that's, that speaks to the talent of this rotation, where now we have guys who are capable of playing more minutes who can't because the rotation is really good. Right. Where in the last couple of years, everybody had to play more minutes than they should because the rotation, the talent wasn't very, wasn't deep. Let's get to Sarah Beth Greer's point where she said. I feel a fire and cohesiveness with this team. It's refreshing. And then Aaron Walsh makes a a little bit of a counterpoint to that, but let's get her her point first. I think this is spot on what she said or what she's saying. 
again, these aren't good teams. And Aaron Walsh puts over that these are pushover teams. I get that. But these guys are already moving in a unison with each other. It doesn't look clunky at all, which I think is a little bit of a, at least for me, it's a little bit of a surprise, AG. Well, you don't get 25 plus assists in back-to-back games if there's not a cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. If there's not some kind of sense of joy of sharing the ball. Right. You know, I think uh, as opposed to last year, there's not that one ball dominant guy. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of games when Tubelis is the leading scorer. Right. But other than that, that that leading scorer mantle could pass from any number of guys. And that's because these guys are all kind of on the same level talent-wise, and they do apparently love to share the ball. Look at Dale and Terry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dale and Terry's going to be my guy this year. All right. We're going to, we're going to keep breaking this game down and we're also going to get to some women's basketball because they had a huge win. And I think that uh, this was as big a statement game in a lot of different ways as you could talk about, but I also want to tell you about DraftKings. DraftKings has the best deal going on. You throw down $5 on any game on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you know, or excuse me, on an NFL game. And if you win that NFL game, AG, you get $200 in free plays. And you've all heard the stories about somebody that gets that and turns it into more money. That could be you. So hop onto the DraftKings Sportsbook app, get the uh, win that, you get $200 in free plays if you win your NFL game. Now, 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, eligibility restrictions do apply, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook, code word PHNX, they got you covered right there. You got any, oh, and by the way, my DraftKings pick of the week, Anthony, I like Air, I like Utah to cover the 23 against Arizona. There's my DraftKings pick of the week. I I like pairing that with the under in the Arizona Utah game. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Now, now let's get back to some comments here because we got a lot. We got a lot to get to. Shane Robertson, thanks for hopping on here. Shane, appreciate you, man. He said that Terry Mather and Ali Oop reminded me of Iggy and Hot Sauce. Love it. Well, it, did, it did a little bit, didn't it? That's a good point. I mean, yeah. it really did. You know, it was just, and I think what Shane's getting at is that. There was, these are two guys who are both sophomores. They're both uber athletic, mm-hmm. but there was a freedom with which that play developed that it just looked natural there, AG. Yeah, that's the, that's the whole point of this is, you know, back in, you know, kind of in the loot days, it, you know, he was the master of attention to detail, mm-hmm. but that was like the first part of practice. Right. Second part of practice was, here's the ball, fellas go show me what I just taught you. Right. And it seems like Tommy Lloyd is cut from that same cloth. Mm-hmm. He's not going to micromanage the game. It's funny. I mean, if, if you'd just been watching nothing but Arizona basketball for the last 12 years, you would have never known there was a chair on the sideline that the coach head coach could actually sit in. Really? You know, amazing. The, the coach doesn't have to be involved screaming at the edge of the coach's box. Uh, every second of the game, you know, Anthony, and that's something that I think that, you know, here I am, I, you know, there's an age difference between Anthony and myself, um, you know, a little bit, but I still, 
I, where I had a full frame of reference though, was still from about 93 to 03. So I got 10 years of loot pretty much at its finest and right in there. So when I watch Tommy Lloyd and when I get messages from people that are in their mid thirties, their early forties, and they say, this feels like something from the past again, Lute Olson in a 15 year window had one of the five best basketball programs in the nation by any statistical measure. He just did. I'm not saying that that's what we're about to embark on. It's not what I'm saying at all, but a lot of the mannerisms about letting the guys play get up and down. And you know what, if I got better players than you, then I'm going to let them play. And I'm going to let them play through some mistakes. And then each time we've seen that run that's hit. And again, it'll be interesting to see what happens against good teams but it's certainly a much closer feel, at least from a demeanor slash style perspective, than what we've seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, what was it that Tommy Lloyd said at his press conference this week? He he prefers to play fast because he thinks that's the best way to win. Correct. It's really simple. And but if you've watched anybody who watched Gonzaga basketball for the last twenty years, should not be surprised, mm-hmm. especially lately. You know, right. the last three or four or five years when Gonzaga started getting that higher cut of athlete, higher cut of recruit, this is the way they've played. Right. I mean, highest scoring team in the nation. They played free, uh, kind of a flowing offense, but they were still very, very good on all the fundamentals. Right. For fast sure. with fundamentals, right? That's, that's basically what Lloyd's been preaching. Play fast with fundamentals. And the thing about it, too, is that in Schuster, it's too bad that Schuster was having some audio difficulties because he's been a Gonzaga guy for a long time as far as admiring how they play. And he always talks about their spacing, their angles on offense and about just how pretty basketball it is. And I think that, you know, watching that, it was a great point. Now, let's get to uh, KB Thiel as a as a good question here. He says, I'm curious, Mike, when Pella gets comfortable, how big of a role does he have and does he push Dalen for a starting spot? If he pushes Dalen for, I don't think he's going to push Dalen for a starting spot. I think that, honestly, I look at that starting lineup right there, and I think that, guys, that's pretty much set. I think Dalen Terry is, you know, with all due respect to Pella Larson, who you hear a lot of great things about, and I think he'll be good. Anthony, I think Dalen Terry is way too important of a guy not to have in there 30 plus minutes a game because of his length, his athleticism, his defense, and the fact that he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think the starting five is the starting five. Right. Unless, unless somebody gets hurt, of course. But that's, I think that's the group. I think Larson and Kyer and Aiken are those movable chess pieces that Tommy Lloyd can insert depending on matchups, depending on situations, depending on who's hot. So I think in close games, you know, we're seeing, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if those starters. With the depth, I think they could. I think they're probably like twenty-eight to thirty-minute guys, and mm-hmm. then, and especially those three I just mentioned, they're splitting up the rest. Right. I mean, Larson's which I'm gonna, fine with. That's fine. Larson's going to get his fifteen to twenty minutes a game, mm-hmm. and he's going to be really valuable. I think, what's ex- I think what's what's exciting too about look at the age, look at the ages on a lot of these guys that we're talking about right here. Now, again, it's college basketball; everything's fluid. Some guys are going to be in and out. But Azulis Tabella, sophomore. Kirk Kreisa, sophomore. Christian Coloco, junior. 
uh, Dalen Terry, sophomore, Pella Larson, sophomore. I mean, these guys, there's a lot of young dudes on this team. Kim Aiken Jr., who has been in college for four years, is still only a junior. So, I mean, yeah. there's there's some real potential here for this team to grow. Yeah, these days, that's kind of an experienced college basketball team for a Power Five, you know, for that those high-level teams. Right, for sure. Now, one thing that you want to do, guys, and we're going to get to some women's basketball next because they've certainly they've made an impression here. DraftKings, again, here's the deal. You throw down $5 on an NFL game, you win it, you get $200 in free plays. You know what you might want to do with those free plays, though, with the way that Arizona basketball is playing? You might want to start taking some overs. I'll be honest with you. Back in the day, with a lot of Miller teams, I generally looked for a line and said, I'm going on the under. There's some times now where in this game, this could have been some easy money for you because Arizona's putting up 104 points. And you know what? You put up 104 points, even if the other team scores 50 AG, you're probably going to go over. So you might want to start looking at the over a little bit. How about that for killing two birds with one stone right there? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to start looking at, looking mm -hmm. carefully for those overs. Absolutely. Okay. Now, the great thing about here at uh, AZ Wildcats podcast at PHNX Sports is that we're able to do a lot of different things. We're going to start, we can try to cover as many sports as possible. And you know what? The women's basketball program with Adia Barnes is they've now moved to me. This game was so important to me for two reasons here. This game, the overtime win against Louisville, 61-59, in that You've seen a lot of teams that have flashes, you know, they make the tournament, they go on a run, and then you know what? You don't hear from them for two or three years. This was the game to me that really announced that Adia Barnes program is not only here, but they are here to stay. And because you beat the number six ranked team in the country, and honestly, Arizona didn't even play its best ball. <laughs> Sam Thomas has zero points. Arizona, um, excuse me, uh, Arizona as, uh, 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 let's see here. Anthony Humbert put out there. They had about five chances to win that thing in regulation. It felt like throughout the game that Arizona was a better team than Louisville. And you look at everything and we'll get to the recruiting here in a second, but Anthony, if you were, and I put this out on Twitter and our guy, Bob, uh, uh, fed this to me. He said, Adia Barnes is the face of Arizona athletics right now. She is. Yeah, it's that that's a good way to be. Yeah. You know, Tommy Lloyd's gonna, you know, catch up maybe a little bit during the course of the year. But mm -hmm. right now, she I think this team is obviously early, but that win over Louisville let it, that's a really good comparison as opposed to the men's playing men's team playing two not very good teams. That they are more balanced, they've got more uh, more options in the post than last year, mm -hmm. and they are deeper. Right. So you look at, oh, my gosh. And that's what everybody everybody outside was looking at. Oh, they lost Ari McDonald. They can't possibly be as good as last year. So that's why they started a little bit lower in the rankings than they should have. But right. better post play, better depth, more people who can shoot to three this year. You know, everybody talked about, you know, Adidas got 15 scholarship players. They like all played double digit minutes in like the mm -hmm. exhibition game and their first win over nobody. But just, you know, you always had, you always have to cut that down. So today they were back to like eight and a half. Right. Right. So that was really interesting to see how that 
how her rotation is going to play out over time because she has so many options. She has so many options too. And I always use this term too. There's really no, there's not a lot of roster filler out there when you watch it. There's not the player that's just like out there for eight minutes just to kind of, you know, basically take up time because somebody got into foul trouble. I think what's also fascinating about this, and I did took a pretty deep dive into this last night, is she's recruiting now at a level that isn't reliant on getting a generational transfer. Now, again, it's great if you can get an Ari McDonald for sure. I mean, you're going to take that every day of the week. But when you look at getting a Maya Naji, for example, this is, a, this is the highest rated kid that has ever or that has ever committed slash signed with Arizona women's basketball. And remember when Shantanese Polk, she was a really, really big deal when she signed out of uh, Texas. Maya Naji is on a totally different spectrum there and that she could go anywhere she wants then you look at it in every single every single list in the top 10 there were four girl there were four women on there who had arizona amongst their final five schools so the the name arizona basketball tethered together well adia barnes tethered together with arizona basketball is something that i don't think is going to go anywhere and to be honest with you, I think she can get the kind of players she needs here to compete for titles on a fairly regular basis with as dynamic as she is, A.G. Yeah, Mike, I'm going to say it right now on, what's today, November 12th, uh-huh. 21. Adia Barnes is going to win a national championship at Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I've, I've talked to you about this in the past, about Dick Tomey's recruiting in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was predicated on guys coming on recruiting visits and saying, I want to be a part of that locker room. I can Im- great I can point. imagine if you're a highly rated women's basketball recruit, you're coming on a visit to Arizona, or you're just watching them play the games. You're seeing all the features. You're watching them post the videos on social media. Your reaction has to be, I want to be a part right that in that locker room so they're going to get interest from everybody and then it's up to Adia to close the close the deal on a few of those which she is so yeah i don't this is a long-term thing she's got a, a big shiny new contract obviously she could have gone a lot of places last year right baylor right. Um, but she didn't and dave hickey stepped up and redid her contract twice right so um, I think this is a long-term marriage, so to speak, and I see that continuing. I think Arizona is going to be a top ten team going forward for the foreseeable future. I and remember you got a, you got a chance to win the whole thing. I remember this was this was actually a chance meeting I had with uh, Greg Byrne. This was probably this is gosh now I'm dating myself. It's probably about six years ago, and Greg uh, Greg hired Adia Barnes. And might not have been six, might've been like four or five. I'm not exactly sure. It doesn't quite matter, but, and he was just telling me, and I don't think I'm saying anything out of a turn here. He said, you know, a lot of people are saying that I hired Adia Barnes because of she's an alum. She's the greatest player in school history. He said, believe it or not, you know, I, I found out about it, but I didn't realize the extent of the player she was. I was more interested in just the interview that we had. I knew that she played here. I knew she was really good, but she captivates a room. 
And you always talk about this, Anthony, and whether it's in football, whether it's in basketball. And I think it's one of the, it's a remark that I've stolen from you many times and I very rarely give you credit. But the one thing you always say, it's about the coach. And for people out there, explain exactly what you mean by that because it's simple, but it's true. It is. College is all just simply all about the coach. I mean, you can look at what changed at Arizona from one coach to the next. Nothing. Right. Did they build? I mean, they've been building and improving facilities and all that, but they that didn't change materially. The only thing that changed was the force of personality and the recruiting ability and the teaching ability and coaching ability of the head coach. Right. Um, same thing with anything you want to look at. And I, when I talk about this, I usually, usually use the Alabama football example. You know, what was the difference between Mike Shula and Nick Saban? Right. The Alabama coach. didn't suddenly build a new 100,000 state seat stadium. Right. They just changed head coaches. Right. And and then all of a sudden everything was good enough because people wanted to go and play for that head coach. You know what I think's enticing too for her and why I'm and again, I don't want to act like I'm in I'm an insider or that I'm I'm privy to special knowledge because I'm certainly not. But she's got a little bit of the Lute Olson thing here. And here's what I mean by that. Lute Olson had, and you you would know this better than anybody. I'm sure Lute Olson had opportunities to go to greener pastures. Sure. You know, but when you build your own thing at Arizona, it's just different. No, Lute Olson is now looked at as one of the top 15 coaches in college basketball history. Not only mainly because a lot of coaches have one title. It's how he did it. He went to a school that, again, had a, had a lack of a little bit of talent. Our uh, history. All right, Saul wants to hop in here. He's a big. Uh, he's a big women's basketball proponent. What's going on, Saul? What's up, fellas? How are we doing? Tonight? Yeah, Hello. not too bad. Always welcome, Saul Bookman, in here. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, listen, I, I don't know. I, I was listening all the way up until like maybe the last minute, so I could try and get on here. But uh, that performance by the women today was ridiculous. Uh, defensively. There's not going to be many, many other teams in the country that can compete with Arizona on the defensive front. Um, offensively, they're still trying to find their way. Kate Reese had some big shots, especially in the first half, um, to kind of pace them and push them forward. But um, overall, from one to 10, I think this is definitely the deepest team Diaz had. They're not going to be as reliant on one individual person, which I think is going to free them up a little bit more overall. And their power down low. Um, with Lauren Wade and um, the other girl, I, I'm forgetting her name, but um, uh, th- they're significant. They are a significant team, and I was wondering what they were going to look like without Ari. Hey, Ari, sorry. Uh, they're solid, and I was very impressed with their performance today, for sure. And they yeah, were like, I didn't but... really talk about their defense, but that was so impressive last year. That kept them in so many games. It didn't matter if they were having bad offensive games or not or if shots were falling or not, and that's continued and in, in, in is getting better. Yeah, absolutely. The pressure they put on the ball is fantastic. I, I, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing is, like, their defense was good last year. And watching them just pressure the ball, it's suffocating. And, and they, they play solid from top to bottom. It's just – I just think that this is – when you're talking about teams in the country 
and that fluke, right? You guys were just talking about, you know, sometimes teams go to the final four or they go to the national championship. It's kind of fluky how they got there or whatever. Or they just have one unbelievably dominant player that helps you get there. And so when you see Ari, it's easy to make that same assumption. But then you you look at the team as a whole without Ari in the fold, and they just beat the number six team in the country. And they could have they could have easily won that game had they could, you know, had they had offensive firepower in some way, shape, or form in the second half. Um, at least more consistent firepower, I should say. Right. And then you look at the recruiting that she's got there, Saul, and we're talking about, I mean, this is going to be something where you're bringing, this isn't going anywhere. Now, again, you might not be bringing in the number one class every single year, but you're going to be recruiting at a top 10 level and you're going to be able to beat, you're going to be able to get the kids you want. And you know what? Every now and then you're going to be able to beat out a UConn. You're going to be able to beat out a Stanford for a priority recruit. So she's going to get the talent she needs here. And she's already shown that she can coach. Guys, I mean, (laughs) I went to every U of A basketball game for the women my first year at, at, at Arizona in 2015. And I mean, oh man, I, you, you, you think the football program and where they're at right now was bad? That was worse. That was far worse because you had people that just did not care anymore. They just did not care. They didn't really want to be out there. And what Adina has done, and I used to always say that I thought that Arizona could be like the UConn of the West, you know, because at the time, you know, UConn has won national championships in both men and women. I think one year they they actually won both of them in one year. Um, Arizona could do that. And with Tommy all bought in on Arizona and the way that that offense was tonight, it's so refreshing. I, I heard you guys talking about that earlier. And the way Adia can recruit, those two personalities for, for a fan base that has been desperately wanting to buy in to our athletic program all over again. These are two people that you can absolutely buy into that you feel like you're going to be here for a very, very long time. And I don't think Arizona basketball has been in that place for a long, long time. And actually, so Mike and I were talking about that earlier today, where I think if you throw in Jed Fish and football, now you've got three of your yep. most prominent head coaches, and they're, each of them is so comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. that really comes across. That didn't happen with Kevin Sumlin. It didn't really happen with Sean Miller. didn't happen with previous women's basketball coaches. But the, the genuineness of all three of those head coaches, um, yeah. just in their appeal to the fan base. And again, as you mentioned, that fan base, which is starved for that kind of connection, yeah. that yeah. kind of success. I mean, that's the, I think right now they're the, they're the right people. That's something else we talk about all the time, Mike. It's the coach is about, it's the right guy, the right guy, the right woman at the right, the right place at the right time. I think all three are in the right place at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the other thing I I wanted to say was, is I remember talking about, you know, I caught her kind of in a vulnerable moment um, at the end of her first season. And I said, you know, what's it going to take to to re, rebound this program? She's like, well, I got some freshmen coming in. At the time, she had five new freshmen that were about to come in for that next season. Um, and that next season ended up being her worst because at the time, she had, at least she had some veterans that she can kind of rely on that, who at least played at a Pac-12 level and understood it. You know, whether they should have been competing at the Pac-12 level is a completely different story. Um, but she knew it was going to be tough. And then... She said, but I think I got something in the bag. I think I have something in the mix. And 
I'm telling you all it's going to take is one player and this whole thing is going to turn around. Um, and sure enough, that one player was Ari McDonald. Um, but Ari gave her the access to all these other recruits because now a dominant player is coming into your program that that hadn't been here before since maybe Shantanese Polk or even Adia Barnes herself. Um, you know, and so bringing Ari definitely changed things. And um, it's just refreshing to see all this, all three of these sports have, te- you know, whether or not they're successful. And I, I do think the basketball side of this, they will be successful. The jury's still out on whether or not, you know, um, Fish is going to be able to do what he can do um, on the football side. I just think it's refreshing. Also, Mike, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to hook up one of your promos because I'm actually wearing the, the, the Arizona PHNX shirt right here. And so uh, that's in our locker. Go PHNX.com. You can get merchandise. You can become a member. Please subscribe and, uh, and join the fun because this is only going to get bigger. Um, we're really trying to pump up a lot of content down in Tucson. We appreciate guys like Anthony Gimino coming on and, and Shu and all those other dudes. So, uh, hey, I just uh, I just wanted to stop by and, and, and give my two cents on women's basketball because you know how much I love I love women's basketball. Saul, you already got a you already got a big fan of Nick Howard. Saul dropping knowledge. This there we go, great. man. Yeah, good to see man. you guys. Take care. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks. Man. But I've I've got Saul beat though because I went to every Arizona women's basketball game from like 1988 to 1990. Ooh. So you know, talk about having to see, watch some. Bad women's basketball. Some not good women's <laughs> basketball. We we can talk about that with Saul. Like I can go, I can go motto motto with that. Yeah, let's let's have that battle. But you know, let's conversation for another podcast. We're talking about right. these three. Let's also talk about the bat and ball sports. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Lowe and right. um, uh, <laughs> Chip Hale. Chip Hale. Thank you. Um, Another two other, you know, two more. I mean, Caitlin Lowe just brought in a great recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know as much about Chip's recruiting class. I know kind of where it was rated. It was, it's harder to tell with baseball classes. You never know who's actually going to show up on campus. But it seems like he's also, you know, uh, for, you know, kind of being on the job the short time, making you know, some inroads. And, you know, his, his force of personality as well seems to be doing some good things. So, there's a lot more than just the three we were talking about, but you know, we'll, we'll have I to talk Chip, about that all the time. Chip Hale, I thought had an interesting point here and then we'll wrap everything up as always. You guys are incredibly appreciate. Uh, we, incre- we appreciate all of you. All, Nick Howard, serious question about the coaching change for the men's hoops team. When they interviewed candidates, did the admin, the admin want someone that could teach as well as coach? I mean, I, I don't have any insight on that, but I would certainly, I would certainly imagine so, you know. Well, if, I think I think Tommy, I think Tommy was their number one guy, right? Yeah, it certainly seems like it. Yeah, but, I, I don't think there was a lack of due diligence on that one. One thing though that, uh, and I'll I'll leave it on this because I think that it, the quote kind of goes with the rest of the uh, athletic department here is that, and KB Thiel we're going to be relying on you a lot during baseball because uh, my guy right here, he knows about as much about baseball as anybody. And uh, he, uh, he, he called pretty much everything last time, but here's what I'll say about chip Hale. Everybody keeps saying, Oh, well, you know, he, he's a major leaguer. He doesn't have any ties. Well, I got to interview chip Hale and you know what he said to that? He said, sure, that's true. He said, but you know what I do? 
I know how to hire people that have those ties. And it was just the most like, that's actually a pretty good point right there, coach. And one thing watching him though, Chip Hale, like all these other play, all these other from Adia Barnes to Tommy Lloyd to Jed Fish to Caitlin Lowe, and I think this is the one common denominator that matters. He wants to be here. He he wants to be here. I don't think he's got his eyes on anything else. I mean, just look back a couple years. Again, I mean, there's different reasons here. But you had a basketball coach who is in the middle of an FBI investigation. You had a football coach in Kevin Sumlin who I don't know that he wanted to be here. I don't know that he didn't want to be here. I just think he was here. Um, you had a baseball coach in Jay Johnson who I don't blame him, but his eyes were probably on greener pastures. And LSU is certainly a greener pasture. Yeah. These these people all look like they're content being here. Yeah, I mean, we spent quite a bit of time on a – different uh, on a radio show. And for a lot of years, we were talking about coaches or programs that were just kind of in neutral, I suppose. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. Or the cult, the culture around the programs, especially football was not good. And now, okay, now we've expanded our talk to five, the five big programs, basically. Right. And I think the culture around all of them are, is, extremely good right now for sure like said, yeah we have no idea if jet fish can turn this around and get to like a seven win mark before he does something better um no idea right but I think we got yeah i think we know what these basketball coaches can do and i'm very optimistic about the new softball and baseball as well all right aaron walsh we'll, we're gonna leave on this note he said any brad alice or uh jay schuster sightings well there was a jay schuster sighting um but at the same time, though, uh, he had a little bit of a router issue. He's going to be back up with us tomorrow, though, John Schuster, on the post-game show. Anthony will, and we'll talk about it, but you know what? You could probably just pipe in from the press box if you want. I guess, but, you know, every, if, I'm, if I'm talking loudly like I do here, like Michael cool. Lev will tell me to shut the heck up. So That's a good point. But we'll get it figured yes. out. And William yeah. Brad Alice is on. Uh, he's going to be on multiple. He's he's on every single week. I believe he's going to be on Monday. So that's the thing that I, I'm very fortunate here and that I've got a lot of mentors and people I've become friends with. And, yes, Anthony, I consider you a friend. Um, from uh, Anthony to Schuster to Brad, these guys are all, uh, you know, they're top notch and I wouldn't be here with, without all of them. So again, really appreciate everybody. Anthony, you're going to see me at the tailgate tomorrow in about less than 12 hours. So you might want to, you might want to take some, uh, get a little bit of rest and basically get my face out of your mind for a while. Good idea. <laughs> all right. For, for everybody out there though, again, we really, really appreciate everybody, um, all the kind words, and we will be back with you tomorrow, getting you ready, or excuse me, breaking down an Arizona-Utah game where hopefully, hopefully our DraftKings pick of the week was wrong. I don't know that to be the case, but we certainly hope it's going to be the case. For Anthony Gimino, I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Oh.